0: Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. My name is Matt Barker. I'm the Features Editor of Campaign and it gives me huge pleasure to introduce our brand new media editor, Bo Jackson, who joins me here in Leafy Twickenham. Hello, Bo.
1: Hi, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Always sounds a bit like I'm saying new media, but of course you're the new media (laughs) Media editor. I've got to ask, I've got to ask, Bo, were your Parents, big fans of US sports. They
1: absolutely were. I am 100% named after the Bo Jackson. Oh, fantastic. Um, the baseball and football star with the famous night campaign, obviously Bo knows. So Bo knows media now. Oh, we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> That's brilliant news. Okay,
0: now we're going to be discussing last last week's Media Week Awards. Uh, sadly, I wasn't there because of a because of a knee injury. Um, we're going to have guests, David White from PhD Media, Richard Fryer from Starcom and Simon Dagley from ITV, all uh, all who sort of collected some some big major gongs last Thursday. Did you enjoy the, uh, the night? It
1: was brilliant, yeah. Great great way to get started and campaign.
0: Yeah, getting in at a deep end there. Yeah,
1: and um, no, everybody was really friendly. I learned a lot. I got to see um, a lot of great work there. It was a brilliant evening.
0: Excellent stuff. Now, before we get into all that, we're going to have a quick look, as we as we often do, at some of the latest stories on the campaign website that have caught our eyes this week. Now, Bo, you wrote a piece about Transport for London, looking for new media partners to work on advertising space across bus and rail, including London Underground. This is quite a big deal, isn't it? TfL has described its network as a prestigious advertising estate, no less.
1: It absolutely is. So, um, yeah, you mentioned it's, it's bus and rail, and it's the first time, actually, that they're offering up contracts for both at the same time. Um it's expected to be worth about two point five billion across the whole ten year span of of the campaign. Well, the contract, sorry, with them. So it's a it's a huge deal and I'm going to be interested to see how this procurement process develops.
0: Yeah. TF has had quite a tough time post-COVID. There's been a lot of cost cutting going on and it's it's you know, the, the PR's not been great. It's copping a lot of blame for you, Les, and so on. Um, So, is this a potential big source of revenue for the network?
1: Well, it's so 2022 2023 saw the TFL gain uh, 130 million in commercial income. Um, Now, I'm not sure that's quite back to pre pandemic levels, but it, it certainly is a driving factor in their revenue, of course. And I'm hoping if that goes up, then maybe my Train tickets will go down. That, that would be nice. I mean, <laughs> fares, all is, you want, yeah. fares is still by far their biggest um, income but um, in their billions, but it'd be great to see some more advertising income for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, our question of the week this week is, is, is a good one. It's asking whether media and creative need to sit closer together, which all comes on the back of a recent survey that found 24% of brands believe that their media agency's model is unfit for their future needs. As ever, there are some great responses from various industry names, including Katie Lee, Chief Operating Officer at WaveMaker UK, and Julian Douglas, International Chief Exec and Vice Chairman of VCCP. The general consensus seems to be that yes, they absolutely should, but it's not quite as simple as that. Beau, you got any opinions on this one?
1: Well, so I mean, before joining Campaign, I was writing about. HR professionals and a lot of the kind of stresses in businesses and one of the big issues that came up a lot was siloed working, which is exactly what we're talking about here. Um, and that's kind of called out by um, Eni Nuoso in his comments and the piece is in that it it can slow down uh, your progress. So it's it's great to see this being talked about a bit more and having that m- more collaborative approach and breaking down those walls because it seems to me. That the, you know, the lower your walls are, the the better the outcome is going to be. But you're right; it's not that simple. Um, and I think it, it's also called out in a few of the comments about how it's a much more about your wider strategy and what you're aiming for as a whole.
0: Yeah. My, my favourite answer has to, has to be from Laura Rogers who's Executive Creative Director at Abbott Mead Vickers BBDO and she managed to draw a parallel with relationships between brands and media agencies with her boiler going on the blink.
1: Yeah, with her, her magnet comment. That was really great. Yeah. Um, I did I did enjoy that. Um, I think there's there's some great great comments in there, um, really great different perspectives in there. Incl- I mean, I think so. Sophie Lewis, who's Chief Strategy Officer at MNC Saatchi, also gives quite a good perspective um that the, kind of the balanced perspective but um uh it's it's interesting to see what she has to say about it
0: yeah now finally back to travel and another piece written by you Bo you've had a busy old week um and maybe we should add travel editor to your title so you can get a few <laughs> nice press tips added Ooh, into the mixer why not um that Eurostar have announced that it's awarded its European media planning and buying business to Wavemaker following a competitive pitch process to me, Eurostar still feels a bit glamorous, even if the reality can be rather more commonplace. So, does it does it need a big rebrand? Is is WaveMaker facing a bit of a challenge here?
1: So, I think this this whole um, kind of uh, rebrand, or you know, this whole process, is uh, as part of Eurostar integrating Thalys, um, as part of its brand Thalys's network, which covers a hu- huge part of Western Europe, going across Germany and places like that. So it actually, actually happened a few years ago, I think, that they became part of the same kind of brand. But it's just bringing that together, and I think that's been brought to life quite well in the first ad that's been released um, since then, which is it's it's Adam and Eve, uh, DDB and DDB Paris's first um, ad for. Eurostar um and it is it's really quite magical it's bringing that Eurostar you know traveling magic to it it's these two women that meet on the Eurostar and then essentially travel to all of Eurostar locations which is um just great to see but um yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's what's going to come out of Eurostar and Wavemakers uh, partnership
0: and, and no mention of bedbugs
1: <laughs> absolutely not
0: great so thanks Bo Right, it's now time to bring our guests in, all still basking in their richly deserved glory at last week's Media Week Awards. So a big welcome to PhD Media Strategy Director David White. Hello, David. Hi, Matt. Hi, everyone. Starcom Managing Director Richard Fryer. Hi, Rich. Hi there. And finally, Simon Daglish, who's Group Commercial Director at ITV. Hello, Dags. How are you?
2: Hi. Very well. Lovely to see you.
0: Great. David, let's start with you because PhD won a, won a Grand Prix, none, no less, for its uh, stopping the UK's biggest heart work with the British Heart Foundation. Um, how did the idea for the campaign come about, and, and can you talk us through the whole sort of creative process? Because it's quite a complicated one to bring home, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it's um, well. Firstly, I, I have to say on behalf of everyone, we, we were quite sort of blown away by uh, by sort of the the success on Thursday, and and it really kind of is what I think is is the perfect example of a partnership campaign that, that's, that's got everything going for it. So the brief came in to raise awareness of a research fund that the BHF were awarding, um, which is all about kind of tackling genetic heart disease, uh, and specifically, uh, cardiac arrest. And, uh, in order for us to kind of, um, kind of respond to this and, and to raise awareness of this fund, we were briefed with the, uh, the, the, the campaign need to raise awareness of this fund, um, but specifically to raise awareness of how, um, how uh, cardiac arrest can happen to anyone at any moment, any time uh, with a pre-existing condition or not. Um, and the the best way of doing this uh, that, that we got to uh, was an idea rooted in that idea of, uh, of sort of the unexpected happening. Uh, and uh, th- there's nothing more unexpected than, than radio going dead. And this idea around flatlining an entire media channel was one which uh, we felt was the best way. Of bringing to life this this concept uh, and raising awareness of the research fund itself, so it, it was actually quite a fast-paced campaign. Uh, we took the idea to to Global Radio um, about four weeks before it went live, and uh, amazingly, uh, the team at Global managed to kind of capture the essence of of what we were looking to do, and we developed this idea around flatlining. Uh, flatlining advertising. You can't actually flatline radio itself. Um, if you do so, the, uh, the regulators get a little bit unhappy, uh, but you can flatline the ad breaks. And, and by working with a number of um, advertisers um, who were willing to have their adverts interrupted, uh, we were able to kind of play out a flatline noise uh, that interrupted ads uh, and then immediately after that were followed by a British Heart Foundation ad um, that, that, that raised awareness of Cure Heart, which is the, um, uh, the fund uh, and the research project uh, that is being um, uh, brought about uh, to kind of tackle the issue of cardiac arrest.
1: It seems uh, quite complicated to coordinate that, though, David, with, you know, you had to get a lot of um, advertisers on board with it to eff- effectively pause their um, ad. So how did you manage to do that?
3: Uh, yeah, the the, the idea um, in itself, uh, it sounds quite simple, but actually explaining what that's going to sound like. And, you know, I mean, no advertiser really wants to kind of be called up by Global Radio and told that their their advert isn't going to run as planned. Um, so what we needed to do, and actually we sort of helped, uh, we worked collaboratively with Global um, and with the British Art Foundation to sort of develop a dummy script. Um, and this dummy script was then turned into a dummy ad that then went out to Pretty much everyone that Global had on air at the time, um, including a number of PhD clients. So we actually had to do a bit of upfront work um, in developing what that might look like um, before people were able to understand that uh, that yes, they were losing that ad. Um, but I'm reliably informed that uh, that Global made sure that that their ad actually ran properly and in full at a later point.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a. Uh brilliant campaign you really cleaned up at the awards didn't you yeah congratulations it's it's,
0: it's a fantastic bit of work now rich starcom took home the media agency of the year gong um and you've been enjoying a lot of success of late but also this sort of growing rep as, as a great place to work and i know that there's been a lot of sort of internal projects going on i've got to get this right project elevate empathy and empower um it sounds great it sounds like a great sort of manifesto uh, going on could could you tell me a little bit more about that please
4: Yes, yeah, so I want to rewind, I guess, three years. So three years ago, when, when Nadine, our CEO, and myself started our roles, we set out a new strategy for the agency. And um, it was actually a strategy where we had a North Star winning agency of the year. So um, I'm not sure what we're doing next year. But um, <laughs> we built it on on this principle that leadership comes from all levels. Um, and it's really the thing that underpins everything we've done at Starcom over the last three years. And it really underpins those three projects that you, you mentioned there. Project Elevate is where we give our people real empowerment to lead their clients as they want to um, and to grow their clients and consult their clients in the best ways possible. Um, Also, it's about how we build new products and develop new services for our clients as well. We've got some amazing talent within Starcom that are um, organically growing products and services for our clients off their own back because they've got the, the passion to do that. So Project Empathy is about how we work with our media partners and how we produce better work. And we put a lot of effort, particularly over the last 12 months, in terms of how we've allowed partners like DAGS and ITV to become far more upstream um, in our strategic process. And it's resulting in some fantastic work that's coming out of the agency. We've had more award success in the last 12 months across the board than we've ever had um, within Starcom. And then the final one, um, Project um, Empower, is about um, our teams. And this is about a lot of the initiatives that go on within Starcom, um, such as Future Leaders, for example, which is where we give our junior talent the opportunity to join our leadership team, um, and you know they have full access to our leadership team meetings, for example, and full access to the conversations that we're having um, in terms of how we run the agency. Um, and then things like Forces of Nature as well, which is our sustainability team, which a couple of our you no. Know, Uh, younger um, people decided that sustainability was something we want to make more important to our agency. And so they, off their own backs, created Forces of Nature, which is a a project which is really trying to make our our agency much better in that area. So, you know, uh, uh, leading with bravery is really something that underpins everything we do within Starcom. Um, And, you know, it's been the thing that I think really drove our success last week.
1: I know that um, leading with bravery thing is... is, um is what it was one of the things that the judges picked out as as really shining through in your entry and um, i guess the ne- the next question is how are you going to keep driving this this positive culture forward what's next
4: um it's the thing that keeps us awake at night probably more than anything else that i think the key thing really is just to continue what we're doing it sounds pretty obvious but um no we've got amazing talent within our agency who you know we give them a platform to do what they want give them the autonomy to do what they want and they know that you know they've also been held accountable to delivering that as well and the key thing for us is to continue to give people the opportunity to give continue to give them the platform continue to back them when they've got ideas and want to create new things and as long as that continues and the culture continues to operate in that way and i think we'll continue to see the success that we've had
1: I know some of the the stats that we've seen is um, you've got a 60% female team and you've got one of the smallest gender pay gaps in the industry at 2.5%, which is fantastic. But, I mean, what are some of the things that you're doing to look further than gender equity?
4: Um, So I touched on future leaders a minute ago as an example. So we recognised a couple of years ago, um, really transparently, that we had quite a low um, percentage of diverse talent on our leadership team. And so one of the things that we did to help kind of encourage and develop people through the agency was to create future leaders. And it's the opportunity for some people from um, more junior levels to join that team and to give more diverse perspectives to our leadership team. Um, and that's been a huge success over the last two years or so. Um, and actually, it's led to some, you know, a more diverse leadership team developing over that time as well. So um, that's one of the big things we're focusing on. Um, Also, how we do recruitment within the agency as well. So we do lots of things like have blind CVs um, when recruiting, um, you know, a lot of things that other agencies across the industry do now, but it's incredibly important um, in terms of how we operate.
0: Now, Dags, it's been quite a big 12 months for ITV. We've had the launch of ITVX, uh, and now there's both a Media Brand of the Year and a Sales Team of the Year award. Um, I interviewed Caroline McCall recently, and she was talking a lot about retail media concepts like Matchmaker, uh, the partnership that ITV has with Boots and Tesco, where where data is used from loyalty cards to personalised targeting. Is this something that we're going to see a lot more of over the coming months and years, do you think?
2: In short, yes. Look, media is a fast-moving business. And I think, you know, look, I've been doing this for a very, very long time. I've never seen change at scale and speed that we're seeing currently. And therefore, um, it is a constant round of innovation, test and learn, test and learn, test and learn. So... Yeah, you, the, the 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 developments that Carolyn spoke about are really the tip of the iceberg. You know, we've got new new things coming online, linear addressable, which I think you may have seen announced, which is going to be across ITV two, three, four, and B in UView UView homes. So it's about one point three million homes. We've got the automated contextual targeting tool, which allows advertisers to uh link around emotional moments so you know for a very simple example if, if if people are eating on screen be that a cookery show or you know i don't know a scene in scene in a drama or whatever we can identify that through the metadata and be able to place advertising around it and these sort of innovations which in themselves are are relatively small add up to a new a whole new holistic way to use tv to- you know uh, as a sort of targeting tool as well as a mass reach tool which is which is really really important to us um you know we we we've, we've been we've been the medium for mass instantaneous reach and we remain the primary medium for that but we really want to add another string to our bow which allows us to be a little bit more targeted uh, a little more, more precise in in your marketing as well as having that mass reach so yeah look in, in, innovation is a core part of any company's business in our world, and if it's not, then you're going to be out of business pretty quickly.
0: Are you enjoying the challenge of it? Because it, it does feel like we're in a bit of a transitional moment, with sort of going fully digital, but also there's all this sort of lovely analog stuff still floating around and, and, and everything else. Do you have to sort of embrace the moment and, and, and enjoy the sort of I don't know the creative thinking that's involved, or does it sort of keep you up at night?
2: Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, I don't know if you know, and you can't see me, but I'm actually only 24. Um, <laughs> This, this bald, baggy-eyed look is uh, due to the uh, pressures that come around this, but... Um, uh does it keep us up at night? Yeah, look, it's a constant In fact. Kelly and I have just been sitting down on on a particular uh, issue and and thinking, my God, this is quite complex. How are we going to sort this out? So, from that perspective, it it never gets boring, uh, and and to an extent, it, it keeps you engaged by the very nature of and the complexity of the problems that that you have to sort out. You know, if everything was simple, you'd be bored pretty quickly and move on. But the lovely thing is that. You know, there's not a boring day here at ITV, and I suspect that's the same at Starcon and PhD and whomever else you know it it would be listening to this call. So it's incredibly invigorating, Um, and the the wonderful thing, and I think Rich alluded to it, is that actually the answer can come from any part of your business. And uh you know sometimes you know uh, uh, Kelly and I discuss this, we don 't have the answers we just don 't so we have to go and you know engage we don 't have to but we want to go and engage with with as many people around the business and particularly within the commercial team to try and find solutions to these problems and I think you know one of one of the big problems I think we face as an industry. Is the new ways of working, the new working patterns that have you know taken place post-COVID? What is the best route? How can we keep our people engaged and yet give them flexibility of being able to 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 to, to work from home? Uh, and I don't think any of us have got the answer to that yet. Um, I'd love to see it. You know, publicists has got their way of putting it putting it together, which we saw uh, recently. Uh, and I think everybody will look at that and analyze that and see how successful that is. I'll be giving Rich a call and. Getting his input, um, uh, so you know, yeah. But the the nice thing is that you know, I think the nature of our industry allows people to uh, speak the truth to you and to everybody who's in in a powers a positions of power, and to be able to listen and innovate, and that's where it all comes from.
0: I've got to ask you about ITVX. It's, it's enjoyed some yeah. great success since since its launch. Um, did did that. I- sort of surprise you to an extent? I mean, how successful it's been, just mainly because the whole sort of streaming sector was starting to look a little bit, it was buffering to use a term. And ITVX has come along and really kind of re-energised everybody, it seems.
2: I'm not sure whether it's a surprise or relief, Um, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest with you. You know, it, it, it it was a very, very, very brave call by Carolyn. You know, she's our CEO she was the one who made the call and uh it was incredibly brave you know the city the city gasped at the extra investment that we had to make the extra 150 million plus that we've made into uh into programming and and making itv a success with marketing and and obviously um uh, uh technological innovation so yeah it was a big call and you know to be honest we we still got a road to travel it has it's you know it's been really really successful and we're really pleased with it but we we, you know we can't rest on our laurels we have to keep on reinventing keep on looking at um, um, you know the ways people have the way people are viewing our programs the way we can target those viewers uh, and these things never stay still so I would never say that this job is now finished just because we've been successful we need to continue to reimagine reinvent and um, when people are watching stream streaming programs operate in a very 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 different way to linear broadcast the way that they're consumed um, uh, and the way that you know in linear broadcast traditionally you have a big bang moment and it's launched to a wider audience that 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 doesn't tend to happen so pronounced, in such a pronounced fashion in, in the streaming world. So a drama will live in the streaming world for, you know, one or two years uh, plus, really. Uh, whereas in the linear world, a drama will la- last for as long as it's broadcast. So there are very different patterns that we're, we're, we're just getting to, to grips with.
0: One final question for me, which I'm going to chuck out to all of you, really, which is looking back at the awards last week, um, did they sort of work as a little snapshot for you of of, of the way that the, the current state, if you like, of media agencies and owners and the, the challenges and opportunities that the, the sector faces as, as dare I say it, we come to the end of the year and, and start thinking about 2024?
2: Um Well, I'll, I'll just jump, jump in that. Well, I mean, I, I, I judge the media agency of the year and, you know, all, all credit to, to Rich and his team. Um, you know, Starcom has been on a journey, uh, you know, with Nadine and Rich and the team leading that journey over the last three years. And, you know, I didn't know it was your North Star to, to get agency in the year, but many congratulations on doing it. But, uh, uh, you know, and I do think that's a good snapshot of where Starcom are. Uh, that would be my view. And equally, I, I think, you know, the British Heart Foundation, which has a long tradition of doing groundbreaking advertising but in that that's bloody difficult because how how do you do it every year uh and um phd have done that and so i do think that's an incredible reflection on of of, of both you know both phd uh, continuing to produce groundbreaking work uh, for, for for um british heart foundation and, and starcom's journey you know uh, and I, do, I don't i don't i don't you know, obviously everybody complains on the night that they didn't win, but in my mind, uh, we didn't win the Grand Prix. We were pissed <laughs> off about it. But when I when I go to bed at night and I think about what BHF had done um, uh, with with uh, PhD, actually, you were better than us.
3: That's that's too kind, Dags. Uh, I, I I what I wanted to say, uh, just just add to that was I think if you look at the the best work from the night and the work that won, um, the theme for me was just really bold uh, collaboration, Um, collaboration that went beyond uh, just the usual Kind of joining up of media brand a with with brand b um i think if you look across uh, the, the great work including for example heineken and, and and itv those integrations um you know the the long walk home with channel four and and and, and uh, the campaign against violence against women i think for me it was those examples of really bold collaboration uh, which involves uh, people taking risks and, um, and, you know, partners and brands and media agencies being willing to take that idea that seems to be unlikely, that seems to be uh, something quite difficult to do uh, and, and to really push at it and, and to make it happen. Um, so, so, yeah, so collaboration for me on, on the side of, of, of all the kind of major partners involved in these campaigns is what led to the great work that we saw on Thursday night being rewarded.
4: Yeah, I, I was privileged to be able to judge it as well. So I saw a lot of the work in the judging process and definitely the collaboration point really shone through. And the thing I loved about it as well is that there was a lot of work that I saw where it looked very difficult to get it done. And the agency and the partner clearly pushed it another 10%, another 20%, another 30% to get the best possible work out the door. And that's fantastic to see across the board. And the other thing I noticed as well with it, it was there was a lot of sort of slightly more purposeful work that came through this year. And if you look at the shortlist, it was like through the shortlist, a lot of the very best stuff was stuff that was really trying to drive societal change. So, you know, the British Heart Foundation is a good example of that. There's some really good work in there as well from even more commercial brands like Neurofen, for example, from our our friends at Zenith, really strong work and um, also the autism work they did as well for Vanish, you know, that was brilliant. I think they won a couple of golds. So, you know, that was a key theme for me as well. So I guess collaboration, um, the bravery to push things an extra kind of twenty percent, and then and then more purposeful societal change as well. Those are the key things that jumped out for me.
0: Wonderful stuff. Well, listen, congratulations again, um, and thanks so much to uh, David, Richard, and Simon to Dags, and look forward to seeing what happens next year.
3: Thanks a lot, thanks guys.
0: If you'd like to learn more about what we've been discussing today, please visit our website campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk forward slash membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast, please follow us, like us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you to Haymarket Studio Manager Powell, to podcast producer Till Owen and to the team at Rethink Audio. And also to you for listening. I hope you will join us next time. On behalf of the Campaign Team, goodbye.